Cards on the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, it's Chase, and welcome back to episode 56 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. Uh, And I'm super lucky today to be joined by Sandra from Court of Gamers and now Rebel Lightworks. Sandra, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So I'm really excited to st- talk about some of the new new changes coming over on your end over with Court of Gamers and Rebel Lightworks. And then I also want to get in and talk about the Targaryens, which have been finally revealed in a kind of a weird way. And we can get into that a little bit for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. Sure. Sounds like fun. Sandra, for people who, who don't really know you, um, can you tell us a little bit about Court of Gamers, and then we'll talk about what's going on with Rebel Lightworks. Uh, so Court of Gamers was, is my baby. It's, it's the now and it's like terrible threes, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <sighs> She's fun. I have was actually like, fun backstory. I was four years old when I told my parents that I actually didn't want to work for anyone ever but myself. I almost made it come true. I had to work for one other company first before uh, that game store actually wound up closing. And I wound up being able to purchase the uh, assets of that company and like wound up being able to jump in feet first essentially and open my store within two months of the old one closing wow. in the exact same building and all it was it was two months of hell <laughs> but uh it all worked out in the end quarter gamers has been around now for yeah january 1st will be year three the third birthday now, you guys have a big A Song of Ice and Fire scene. Where are you located, in case some of our listeners don't know? We are located in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, we play every single Sunday. Like, today was just, you know, for us, like, yeah, the Baratheons released. But I didn't actually see more people showing up because of Baratheons. And we had six people, including myself. Nice. So, yeah, no, if you're ever in San Antonio, feel free on a Sunday to swing by. You'll have to find our next-door neighbors, the church, for parking. But, you know. Well, that actually sounds divine. I've known you for a while. I'm surprised, actually, we were talking about having you come on the podcast, and I was surprised that we actually hadn't had you on yet. Well, it's because I normally work nights. Makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I feel like we're normally uh, talking in the Discord, if not daily, you know, semi-daily. I I, I appear, I drop memes, and I leave. That's kind of my (laughs) stick. That's good. It keeps the morale up around here. Yeah, Uh yeah, exactly. Um, No, realistically, I just... I, I work on average 60 to 80 hours a week. So when people are like, hey, you want to do this thing? I'm like, no, I want to sleep. No. <laughs> nah, it's well, all good. And, and speaking of, you know, being busy here. So now you've, 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 you've taken over essentially Rebel Lightworks, right? Mm-hmm. And for people who aren't familiar, uh, Rebel Lightworks uh, makes uh, 3D accessories of all sorts yeah. for a variety of games. Um, but in particular, your Song of Ice and Fire stuff is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so realistically, a lot of things kind of happened at one time when it came to Rebel Lightworks. Um, Etsy was where we were sitting at. We were on Etsy. We've been on Etsy for two years. And Etsy had some policy changes come down. They had some things shifting. And it was actually starting to cost me more money than it was making me to be on their platform. Gotcha. So we made the really hard decision to close down the Etsy store. Um, we were going to take this time to like, revamp a whole bunch of tokens and like clean things up and you know fix some lines we weren't super happy with maybe discontinue a couple things we weren't happy with and during that exact same time um greg came to me and he was like hey i've really decided like i'm getting married i want to start a family and like i love game stores i love you but like game stores are not day in day out reliable Mm -hmm. you know um the analogy we've used before is if 
uh, Watsy suddenly announced that uh, Magic the Gathering was just going arena only, there's multi-million dollar game stores that would close overnight. <sighs> like, they just, they would, because there's yeah. that's just how gaming is. No, I don't think that they're ever going to go arena only, and I pray to God they don't, but you never right. know, right? Like, that's just how the industry works. We could we could be here in six years, we could be gone in six months. And so, when since we were right in this crux of Etsy versus somewhere else, I basically told Greg, like, yeah, no, go start a career. Like, go start your family. We were, we're on great terms, all of that type of stuff. Um, we still text almost every day where I'm like, hey, I had this idea for a thing. Will it work? And he <laughs> helps me fix tokens, and it's great. And I do appreciate the work you put in there. I, I know you shared some of your designs and how you're cleaning up mm -hmm. existing sets. And, yes. uh, man, like, going back and cleaning up the designs like that takes a lot of work and i think it does it really pays off with what you've you've come up with here yeah um i'm also like implementing some designs that i've always wanted to do um today actually i was showing off i made little baratheon stags that i'm going to be listing on the site here soon but i was using them as order tokens on alistair thorn oh that's amazing yeah so instead of having a little order token they were little translucent yellow stags that were sitting there this is the order tokens and i was actually so playing a game today with Yano, we were using your tokens and man, they're just so great, especially some of the things like vow tokens or some of the influence tokens, just being able to put them out on the board. I was of they course using cleaner. Yeah. All the on the table gaming stuff. And so just a disclosure here, um, you know, uh, we are an affiliate and we have, yeah. you've, you've helped make special on the table gaming branded, uh, items, uh, rulers, mm -hmm. tactics, boards, uh, objective tokens. And I so, have an idea to make some activation banners for you too. Oh, that would be mm -hmm. amazing. Anything that makes my miniatures look even cooler. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I think along with the shift though, is also coming a change in how you're kind of approaching uh, fulfilling orders and, yes. and kind of putting out the material, yes. right? So besides just kind of revamping the designs on all of these things and, and kind of tuning things to be even better. Um, what are, what else is going on on that end? So um, I know in the past, like Rebel Lightworks has had some problems with people not getting, you know, either exactly what they ordered or like the quality always hasn't been the best. So some of the items, like, for instance, the influence tokens, I'm no longer offering them in wood. Um, wooden influence tokens were the hardest to read. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they're really thematically great, but you couldn't read them that well once you actually had them out on the table. So, like, I've discontinued doing that entirely. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, you know, the wood, it's, it was like such a balance always there between being like, mm -hmm. man, this feels like so fantasy, right? And the acrylic, mm -hmm. you know, I've got, obviously, I've got many of your sets of things. And, uh, the, you know, the wood is so cool. But, yeah, a lot of times the acrylic pieces are, are so much sharper. Um, yeah, they're sharper and easier to see. Um, the other shift that we're doing is we're shifting away from a order then produce thing mm -hmm. to a produce then order so what that realistically means is like I at the store have an entire box that is dedicated to nothing but Lannister stuff. And as soon as I run out of Lannister rulers, assuming, you know, everything goes to plan, they go out of stock on the website until I'm able to manufacture more, which then lets me sit down and make sure that each and every ruler looks good and that it works right. And like, you know, there's no chips, there's no scuffs, that type of stuff. And then I put it into for sale up on the website. So that adds a, a second layer of QA that just wasn't there before. Man, uh, some of the, if you haven't checked out Rebel Lightworks, one of the, the things is, first off, obviously, I love your tactics boards. I love all your on-the-table gaming stuff. Um, but in particular, I found things like the influence tokens that you've done 
really, really helpful. Um, I'm a big fan of, and I don't play Night's Watch that often, but uh, I've been known in casual games, guys, to <laughs> lend my vow tokens to other players <laughs> to put on the table. Uh, I wouldn't just, be like in a tournament so being much like, easier. they do. They, and, and like, I really enjoy when the board state is clean and clear. Mm -hmm. And that really goes that way. But and like credit uh, where credit is due. Greg made up every single one of those. Like he came up with the idea and the design. Like he is a wizard when it comes to that type of stuff. But it's just so nice. Like, you know, a lot of times in this game too, like statics, status effects really are important. And they being are. able to denote that and then see clearly what is what, it makes a big difference. And, um, you know, I was playing, like I said today, Yano um, came up from, Yano, if I've mentioned this before, but Yano, he's worked on the tracker. He's worked on our website. He came up from New York. We met kind of halfway. That's so and just cool. playing against his troops and being able to see the, the influence tokens as well being used. And it just made it really fun. And uh, definitely check it out if you haven't. Yeah. Um, which you can actually reach us super easy at rebellightworks.com. It actually just sends you right over to our new website. You can go check it out, see everything. Because, yeah, we do have other stuff beyond just Song of Ice and Fire. But I will admit Song of Ice and Fire is the majority of what we have. And I think it's awesome that you guys are, you know, you made that reaffirm that commitment to quality assurance and, and taking the yes. time with it. Definitely. And uh, I'm excited to see kind of the, any new stuff coming out too. If people have ideas, right? Can they can they send uh, send it into Quarter Gamers being like, here's what we really need. We want this. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely can message me. Um, they can send me a message. Um, they can send the Rebel Lightworks Facebook page a message and I will get it. I don't typically respond until like I'm at the store sitting down to like do work simply it's because like business work hours balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I read every single message that comes in. Yes, absolutely. You guys can send me any ideas you have. And so that kind of brings us to some of the, the big news right now in A Song of Ice and Fire. We've had, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, we've had the 1.5 info being kind of dropped slowly in, in like kind of these short 400 word articles that have been really cool kind of previewing some of those points. And I want to gather up a bunch of those and have like a really in-depth conversation. But there's just been so much going on. The, the Storm Crows we talked about briefly last episode. But one of the big things is the Targaryen information has been released for A Song of Ice and Fire. And it's been kind of weird the way this kind of came out here. Um, and, it, you know, there's a few conspiracy theories going around here. Michael Chanel, the master of chaos, likes to sometimes tease things out. But sometimes we can't tell if it's an unexpected thing or it's all sort of some diabolical plan. I'll leave that up to the community to think about. But what it I came like down to... Theories. Conspiracy theories. It was a... I like conspiracy theories. Michael Chanel with a grassy knoll releasing yes. these things it was um, michael chanel in the uh, library with the blood pipe thank you that, that would be it for sure uh and so what happened was there was an i uh an android update for the war council builder and uh it was brought to our attention i think it was initially by some of our european counterparts who mm -hmm. reached out to us i think their time zone difference gave them a little bit of an edge they're awake and alert while we were sleeping perhaps even that their their android devices have been updated and it included the targaryen faction materials so it listed taxes, cards, units. And so they had access to this right off the bat. I'm a little unclear, so I don't, I don't currently have an Android device. Um, so for iPhone users, that update didn't happen. I guess they schedule and happen no. differently. Uh, um, so from, from like a technical standpoint, from mm -hmm. what I know, um, like Google just lets people push updates. Like they don't have a huge, like you can just publish an app on the Google Play Store with no background or nothing. And to my knowledge, Apple like 
checks every single app that gets published to their things. Like when you push an update, it can go live on Google within three seconds and Apple has to like check everything to make sure it's not going to break anything. And then they publish it out. Gotcha. So what ended up happening then is that, Hey, that's great though. What happened was that some people got the Targaryen info and cards uh, just suddenly on their phones. And so uh, people were looking through there, uh, sending us pictures, copies, people pulled the, you know, the higher res images from the app. Like uh, you, you can do just go through the app files. Um, and so we have all this Targaryen information. Now there's so much here. We really want to dive into it. So I think what makes it for ease of access, I think today we'll just talk about the units and our initial impressions. And the next episode, we'll jump into the tactics cards because <laughs> these guys are amazing. And uh, if the advertisements are true at PAX Unplugged on December 6th, um, there'll be Targaryens available for play versus the Baratheons. So we're only two weeks away from being able to actually field them on the table. And I'm really looking forward to seeing like, you know, what they actually play like for real. But man, th just off the bat, this faction looks amazing. What a great starter set. So we have, uh, for the core units, right off the bat, um, we have, uh, it's an all-mounted Kalasar mm -hmm. faction, right? All-mounted except for the NCUs. And um, the sculpts look amazing. But what we see in the unit cards is we're starting off with what looks like kind of their base unit. Their six-point unit is the, are the, Doth, uh, the Dothraki Screamers. And so yeah. it's a movement speed six. They hit in a three-plus, attack profile of seven-five, Five plus armor, six plus morale, which is pretty decent. And it's a cavalry unit. So it has three wounds per model and it gets a free maneuver. These guys look amazing. They really do. They look, at the bare minimum, they look very, very interesting. Um, they are going to be the, no, I might be putting my foot in my mouth here, but they are the cheapest cavalry unit in the game right now in that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I wonder... Yeah, and I feel like you can get a lot of value out of them. You can. I mean, three hits per model is not easy. I've, I've Here in San Antonio, we don't play, play a uh, lot of cavalry units, so I don't go up against them constantly, aside from Flaidman, which I don't want right. to talk about. I don't want to <laughs> talk about Flaidman. Um, but, so, like, I don't have a lot of experience against cavalry, but in general, they just always seem really tanky. Right, and I mean, the Stark Outriders are maybe the closest comparable unit. They're seven mm -hmm. points. They're one point more. They get plus one to their armor, and they have an additional die on their full rank. So instead of hitting seven dice, they hit on an eight. But it's a four plus to hit for them versus the Dothraki's three plus. I don't know. Maybe seven dice at three plus might be better than eight. I mean, I know you're going to be getting the charge on the rerolls and things like that. but uh, I'm sure someone out there will do all of the math. Yeah, and if you're one point less, I mean, that's significant. You can take a lot of Outriders. You can. Uh, so, I mean, God, I can't even imagine what a, a spam list just full of Outriders might look like. I don't um, want to. That's terrifying. That is your death. You, know, you never face the Dothraki on an open field. It's Well, and so that's, that's just the maneuverability that they're going to have. Like, I know we're not talking about tactics cards, but the tactics cards add even more maneuverability. Then you add in, of course, that they're cavalry. They get that free maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like just the idea behind this theme of, you know, really being able to pick off individual units and just, you know, ride them down, crush them. It's going to be pretty yeah. great to, to play as. I don't know what it's going to be like. I think, you know, Baratheons or maybe it's like Baratheons versus Targaryens. Like they might be like uniquely situated with the Baratheon Wardens being able to like negate charge effects. Um, yeah. 
that's great against this. But I'm like, oh, what am I like free folk raider is going to do? And I know it's like a raider unit is like a three point unit. So, oh, it's, it's okay. like there's a point about. But it's like, yeah, that's died. basically what's going to happen. We're going to get trampled to death. So, mm -hmm. so I don't know. What they um, do is they'll just die and it'll be fine. And, and uh, we'll just, yeah. You know, the, the sounds of horse feet, uh, hooves, feet, uh, hoof feet, <laughs> what would I call it? But you know, just getting trampled is, is going to be terrifying. And then as if that wasn't bad enough, uh, we got the Dothraki Outriders who are also six points. And these I don't think we've seen before. I think this is the first time we've actually seen this unit. Mm -hmm. Six plus uh, six movement, three plus to hit with short bows, seven, five, um, six plus armor, six plus morale, cavalry unit. They've got their short bow and they're nimble. So when they're making range attacks, this unit may shift three instead of the normal two. After the attack has been completed, this unit may then shift an additional three. What it's it's gonna be so hard to pin these guys down. Now that being said, though, if you do pin them down, they don't have a melee attack. Right, which is crazy. So, um, if you like catch, if you catch unit, them, yeah. Like so, once you catch them, they're, they're toast. But outside of that, yeah. But you got to catch them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I just feel like this is what makes this faction so interesting. And I'm somewhat worried, but I mean, it's a it's not the end of the world. But as a newer newer players coming in, that it's like their first time playing the game, and they're or they're just buying the starter set because they're like, I want to play this game now. Um, the Dracula are both like kind of deceptively straightforward, and also like there's a lot of nuance. Like in a unit like this, right. I think plays right into that. Like I don't know that I would actually recommend the Targaryens as to a new player. Like if you're thinking about getting into the game. I don't know that I would wait for the Targaryens. I think jumping in with one of the current factions might be easier. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, and it's kind of an interesting just unit box in general, um, mm -hmm. especially with the current state of contesting and these guys only having two ranks. It's going to be a hard faction to play, but this might be a faction that is in contention for being a faction that you might play for like the kill. Like you might yeah. be just trying to wipe out your opponent's units rather than take the objectives. Now, today, one of my players actually mentioned to me that Cavalry now... There's something that changed with Cavalry and Contestant, and I don't remember what exactly it was when they contest... Uh, so when they objectives. contest an objective, so if they have an objective or they charge an objective, mm -hmm. you're going to add up the number of ranks on the unit. So for most right. units, they're sitting on objective, they got three ranks. These guys are only going to have two. Now, you know, it's going to make it harder for them to hold objectives because... Any infantry unit can contest them. But at the right. same time, when they charge in, most of these units are going to be killing models. They're doing a lot and, of damage. And so if they charge in and they do a rank's worth of damage, you know, they're they're already on their way to having that, that objective contested. So, I mean, yeah. there's going to be a lot of hit and run happening. I mean, <clears throat> that's pretty much exactly what Nimble is built for. Oh, God. That's going to be... It's gross. You know what? And it's I haven't... Gross. Yeah, I'm going to have to practice that. It's going to be so weird having Nimble and the Cavalry free activation. Oh, yeah. So they can, they can ride up, shoot. No, they can ride up, well, maneuver up, shift three, shoot, and then shift three again. It's you know basically moving their six inches. And then so they like, can be so riding around you, circling. You timed it right. You could literally get back to exactly where you started. Yeah, or even circle around behind people while you're mm. shooting. That's Man, not, I don't like that. I don't like flanking. I don't. I don't like any of it. <laughs> now I'm wondering: is like, could you make some? Like, what's the most ridiculous? Could like, could I try and make like a ridiculous like 
Dothraki outrider swarm listers like I don't get into melee like I'm just if you charge me I just disengage with that unit and the rest just ride around shooting you like could I just be I mean, it would uh... depend on, like <laughs> which which format you're playing but sure I mean I guess some of the more maneuverable factions like Starks would just run me down but I'll take some slow Baratheons and just ride around shooting you all day it's like oh yeah please don't yeah you can fit six of them oh gosh that's got to be so a silly good. list. Somebody has to try this. <laughs> Can we get someone to test that out? Six Outriders. Yeah. Man. And then we got these, this beast mode, the 10-point the unit. And now with the, uh, the Flayed Men previewed at being in 1.5, dropping down to nine points, and their armor save going up to three plus, the Dothraki veterans are now the most expensive. So they got the cheapest cavalry and the most expensive. And the Dothraki mm-hmm. veterans, 10 points, movement speed of six, Dothraki shortbow, three plus to hit on rank seven and then five. Dothraki Iraq, their melee attack is a three plus to hit as well. Eight, five, four plus armor, five plus morale. Order charging volley. After this unit completes a ranged attack, they get to make a free charge action against the targeted enemy. So they're basically like super awesome bastards girls. Yeah. I, you know, this is this 10 point unit. You now it's got four plus armor. It's maybe a little bit squishy compared to some other cavalry. Uh, at this point range especially but my god they can do 15 attacks just natively by shooting their bow and then charging in that's that's gross beastly (laughs) gross that's just gross the free maneuver at the beginning again same thing right so it's like these are units that i feel like are going to be both very you know forgiving in some way because i view that cavalry free maneuver as like super helpful for getting you Mm -hmm. into range and at the same time um if you mess up you can lose a big investment of points but these guys are going to be smashing through units um and in the right circumstances are going to be totally worth the 10 points you could also just you know take the horse space and help them out yes absolutely but you know just, just keep doing that with the with their maneuverability so much i mean you could totally do that or you know, that the attack zone, the melee zone or the, the attack zone, that's going to give them even extra shots. Like, I don't know. These guys are going to be zipping around. Yeah. Um, and then to support so, them. Go ahead. Interesting thing. Charging volley. This mm-hmm. unit may make a free charge action. So after they complete a ranged attack, if you use the sword sword zone on the thing, it's a ranged attack. Yes. And then they can charge off the NCU. Oh my gosh. And then you could activate them. And then you yes. I mean, oh God, this is going to be absolutely <laughs> heinous. I'm, you know, my. Because that's how I, the wording exactly works. Yeah. This is going to be so scary. And they're going to maul down. Thank goodness it's order because the overrun potential of, you know, getting another volley off. But still, they're going to be able to get where they want to be and then set off this combo. You're mm-hmm. going to really have to preemptively prepare to, to kill them. Yeah, no, now, they, they got to die first. But I think out of all the miniatures I've seen in this box, the one that was most surprising and I think is going to be the most challenging to play was Jor Mormont, the Wandering Knight. Mm-hmm. And he's got movement speed of five, so he's a little bit slower. He's your Westerosi uh, rider. Uh, long sword, two dice, hits on a four plus. Armor of four plus, morale of four plus. He's got the order scout opening, so start of a friendly turn. One enemy combat unit within short range and in line of sight becomes vulnerable and weakened. He's got two wounds, but he's a cavalry unit. So this is like your solo. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to be if, riding out there. 
writing out their scouting. It's a really interesting take, especially on, you know, the character himself, which I've always loved that about this game is that they've always done a lot of stuff when it comes to the actual, you know, characters in the books. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they fit. And it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would personally take it. But if you have an extra three points, he's not a bad little unit. I mean, it really comes down to how we're able to maneuver him um, for, you know, your X-Wing players, players coming from that. It's, you know, you've got to be like arc dodging with him. You've got to be able to get out of charge lanes from people and you got to get him within short range. That's so, he's such a tempting target to just maul. <laughs> he's also the only um, unit here that has the ability to put out any tokens. Yes, that is true. None of the and other units have abilities to put out tokens. And vulnerable and weakened is really going to help uh, the Dothraki uh, forces like survive counterattacks. I mean, the vulnerable is yeah. going to make any impact. Like Dothraki veterans charging into something that's weakened already or vulnerable already, that's great. But the weakened token is going to really help make them, them last and have some sort of staying power. But they don't have the best armor saves. That's true. That's true. Um, but two wounds. He's he's yeah. he's in sort of dire wolf territory here. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's cute. I don't hate him, but he's cute. That that's exactly what Danny Targaryen says as well. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think Alex Hewitt, if you're out there listening, uh, I think you had the best line. It's like it's so thematic. Like this character, like nobody really wants him. Uh, he's not like a character that you see and you're like, I have to have that in my list. He's like, eh, mm -hmm. he's kind of good and useful in some circumstances, but also but you just wait. Eh, not Someone's so going to like go out there. They're going to create the list. It's going to revolve around him. And we're just going to have to, you know, oh, I'm totally, I, I have a kind of a little bit of stubborn streak and I'm, I'm just like, yes, I will run him always. And I'm going to make this work. Um, I will learn to play him. Um, I have a customer that does that with the free folk. He's like, I just, I, I live to die. That's all I do. Yes, that, 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 that's where my free folk stubbornness comes as well. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but man, I, what a cool like base core mounted set. Um, I think this is going to be a really cool faction. Um, I'm not so great at painting horses, so that I'm not looking forward to as much. But There's some great <laughs> tutorials out there. There's some really, really great tutorials out there, and you can make horses look amazing. Well, I know Mike Meeple has some good ones. So I'm going to go yes. back and look over those again. It's been such a while since I've done that. I, I remember I did his, uh, I think it was Outriders, you know, when I was trying to get some of my Stark stuff painted. But since I've been doing Free Folk, haven't had to worry about that. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't have to worry about Cav. And then we've got some really iconic characters that are going to go with these. Cal Drogo, the Great Call, with his Furious Charge ability. Enemy units, this unit successfully charges, become vulnerable. So there's a vulnerable token that he puts out. And he's got the onslaught ability. If this unit is targeted by the, the attack zone, it may make a free charge action instead of an attack action. So I think this yeah. might be a cool one to place in a unit maybe even other than your Dothraki veterans. Although putting in your Dothraki veterans makes them even more of a death ball, like a Death Star unit. But um, you can already, like you mentioned, trigger some interesting sneaky attacks with... Uh, I mean, I enjoy the sneaky stuff. That's the best way to play yeah and i mean you can put this in another unit and suddenly you got like a lot of options a lot of angles you can hit people from that they have yeah. to be prepared for man 
and I think, you know, thematic as hell, he's just going to be like driving in. Like, what does he do? Well, he charges people and he hits people hard. <laughs> There's not a lot of subtlety there. Who needs subtlety when you can just hit things? And then there's a few other iterations of Jorah Mormont that I was kind of getting confused of looking through here. We have the Wandering Knight, which is like his solo unit. We also have one that's the Westerosi Tactician, and he's mm -hmm. got Order Adaptive Tactics. While this unit is engaged, you can expend a condition token on an enemy engaged with this unit as if it were any other condition token. So he really gives you a lot of flexibility. And then he's got the Order Stubborn Tenacity. When this unit passes a panic test, one enemy engaged with this unit suffers D3 wounds. So direct wound damage in an already pretty offensive faction, being able to spend the condition tokens. Um, I wonder what will be... Hmm, I think, you, you know, what? Maybe you'd be wanting to use him defensively. I guess the adaptive tactics, let's use it for anything, but I wonder if really most often... Well, I wonder if most often are going to want to be using it as a a weakened token on your opponents just so you're not taking wounds on your guys. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it, though, is you can just make a panic token a weakened token. It'll be interesting to see, like, how a different people play. I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I played Yano today. He's got a Starks, his Berserker lists, and he's all about, you know, like, sure, I'll take damage to kill you because if you're dead, I don't have to worry no, about dead. my problems anymore where I'm often like, okay, how many, how many weakened tokens can I get out on opponents? <laughs> just make them not hit me anymore. Um, okay all right so i see how you play chase i'm much more oftentimes like can i survive as free folk i'm always just like can i just claw through this like claw through another victory or just like if i just survive long enough will i just drag you down slowly amazing yeah. and then we've got jor mormont the exiled knight and so i think both of these are ones that you can attach to units they seem to be yeah and so we've got order and stubborn tenacity when this unit passes a panic test one enemy unit engaged with this unit suffers d3 wounds so kind of similar to the uh, the previous iteration, um, same ability, but now he also has an ability called Pathfinder. So this unit gets plus one movement and ignores the dangerous, rough, and hindering keywords of terrain pieces. So that means we're gonna we're gonna have to get like a special range ruler. I think you should make a Dothraki range ruler that goes to like goes to seven on short range. Yeah, it's like it goes to eleven, but it goes to seven. The special yeah, like Jorah Mormont. Pathfinder one. I mean, because now they can yeah. go fourteen. They can, they can charge some crazy distances. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like, it's good. It's really good. I just don't like getting charged. Yeah. I, uh, Especially since, is, like today, I put the Brathians on the table, and I'm like, oh, we're just gonna putter along. We go real slow. Yeah. Did you get any charges with the Brathians, or just? <laughs> Not in my first game because I underestimated both how slow they were and how like long they just stay on the table. They just yeah. stay there. They don't leave. It's interesting to see how like uh, Come On Games has like been releasing factions and these like pairings. Mm -hmm. And we have like the Super Elites Night's Watch and then the Swarmy Free Folk. Once again, we have Baratheons that are much more slow, I would say, and armored, but slow is what I see standing out. And then we have yes. like maybe the fastest faction in the game. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I think they have to be the fastest faction in the game. Oh, yeah, they for sure. And even, like, thematically, like, what's left? You know, we have Greyjoys, maybe, like, with their raiding abilities, like, but, yeah. you know, I don't see them being faster than a mounted horde of troops. And then, what, maybe yep. down the line we might have Martells or, or some sort of Dornish forces. I mean, I don't know. In the I wouldn't lore... mind seeing Dorn. I wouldn't mind seeing Dorn come into play. Yeah, I think right, those are the other remaining logos on the boxes. I mean, 
Mm -hmm. Simon hasn't said anything about it, but I'm assuming, unless they just have the box out there just to torment us, like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> One can only hope. One I mean, I think... can only hope. So then we got the Screamer KO with Shattering Assault. This unit's charge attacks gain Sundering. That's a great little upgrade uh, for, I think, what is that, one point? And then we have the Outrider KO with Mark Target. One enemy within line, line of sight and long range becomes vulnerable. These just seem like great little things to, to add in to, to beef up your forces, either in helping you push out damage through armor defense or uh, reducing armor or from getting out those vulnerable tokens. You know, though, an interesting thing, again, is like, yeah, we have uh, Cal who can put out vulnerable and Outrider KO that can put out vulnerable. But aside from that, we don't have a lot of other ways to hand out tokens outside of that other Jorah. Yeah, and so I think he might be we like really a, lynch, a linchpin unit that you might, especially mm -hmm. with this the starter set, like have to take. Um, and then, of and course... If you want to put out panic tokens outside of the tactics board. Right. And then uh, I can't even remember how to say his name. Ilio... Uh, Ilio... Ilio? Mopatis? Sure, we're going we're gonna to just sit, nod our heads and say, sure. Yeah, he's and Mo. then the comment section can correct us. You're right, it's, it's Mo. And... Uh, you know, so uh, his ability, uh, his boon, once per game when he claims his own attack is board, you can replace that zone's effect with remove one activation token from a friendly combat unit. Once per game, you can make another oh, unit yeah. activate multiple times. What? That's insane. So, it's only once per game, but he's a three-point NCU. So, so again, we, we take the melee space to make the Dothraki veterans shoot, then they charge and attack, then they uh -huh. activate, then they attack, then he removes their activation tokens, and they attack. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> just, just so much death That's and destruction. That's what we do. <clears throat> They're going to be brutal. Do. Brutal. Yes. And then Conviction Daenerys. Danny, in this NCU form that we've seen that comes with starter set, Conviction of a True Khaleesi, she gets to influence a unit that gives it plus one movement. You may reroll any and all charge di distance die. So guys are going to be zipping on the battlefield. Now, what I don't know, and uh, I know certain effects don't stack that have the same name, but I wonder, does like Pathfinder, where you get plus one from Jorah Mormont, does that stack with the plus one movement from uh, Daenerys? I feel like You're I haven't played a lot person. of... Yeah, well, I haven't played a lot of other units that... I, I mean, I haven't had a lot of opportunities to get like stacking movement buffs. My uh, gut says yes, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so then that ruler would have to go to eight for short range, 16 for, for long range. That's a lot of acrylic and my cutter is only so big. Okay? Right. They're going to be just going to, they're going to be like bending down as you like, it just can't hold the weight of its own ruler. It's just going to be like, I have to mail them out in specialty boxes. So, you know, what you do you think? Get a then? yardstick. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to be. The real Cal Drogo. He, he rolls with a yardstick. That's how yeah. he rolls. That's, that's the, the ruler of calls. That's got to be a special Perfect. item. Can you just? I'm not can you just? That. I'm not making, not making that yard sticks. Uh, <laughs> my laser cutter is literally not big enough. I will tape one together and make my own then. Perfect. Um, so, what do you think? The starter set. You know, we're just talking about the units here. Uh, people coming in, they're looking at the game, they want to jump in. You know, value of a starter set, um, playability. You know, what's your initial impression of this faction starter set? Well, so the first thing that I noticed, of course, is that you can actually create a 40-point competitive list out of the starter box. That's a Which, really like, great point. For the others, you have to, you really should buy two starter boxes. Right. At least. To be able to get like a good competitive, <laughs> at least, you free know, folk, you're playing yeah. free folk. Yeah, go, go buy seven of those things. It's fine. Oh, God. Um, so one of the things I did notice is like, for that, it is a great thing. 
Um, but like, I don't know if this is a place I would tell people to start. I really don't. I think that it's going to, you know, irregardless, I think people are just going to want to buy it just because it's Targaryen. I think oh, we're yeah. going to see a lot of new players coming in and, you know, I don't know well, if, if you had to recommend a, a starter faction just based on like mechanics, what faction mm-hmm. would you recommend? Um, so realistically for me, cause I, of course, welcome to my job. I recommend games for a living. It all, a lot of times comes down to their gaming background, right? You know, they have never played absolutely anything war gaming. Then you want to pick a more forgiving thing. Like, Baratheons are a little bit more forgiving because you can get them into a tight spot and they're not just going to wilt and die. That's true. When you know, you're playing so like, Baratheons, were you finding it at all challenging to get like a good damage output with just the basic starter set? Not really. Okay, man. So I had two starter sets and I ran two Stagnites and two Wardens. Mm-hmm. So I was not really having a huge problem with damage. Oh, wait a second. Were you uh, Stannis or Renly? I was Renly. Oh, there we go. Okay. I feel like I like Rinley's cards better. There was I had to I had to choose a side here in the Facebook group. They were saying, like, we're giving away a Baratheon starter set and vote for Stannis or Renly. And you know, I saw Mark from Song of Ice and Fire Builder in the Stannis camp, and I was just like, ah, I don't know. I'm looking at Renly's cool, like cards and abilities. He has some really good healing abilities, which my entire point for this like list was just like, no, I don't leave. Yeah. I stand here, I do damage, I don't leave. So yeah, Renly healing things was great for me. So I've um, definitely sided with Renly, I think, for now. For now. Yes. Um, okay, well, yeah, no. I think Baratheons, that might make sense for, like, a starter set to, to jump yeah. in with. I think Night's Watch can also be a great value added with, with the, yes. the, the Sworn Brothers being a, a very versatile unit. They are. Um, and, it, like, if somebody had been like, no, I've played some war games before in the past, then I probably would recommend something more along the lines of, like, Night Watch or Starks. Right. I think as far as like oh. maneuver, I know for her from uh, Josh from Table Gaming, when he started playing, he is like a really skillful X-Wing player. And so when mm-hmm. he picked up Starks, he was having fun time like zipping around. And I can't yes. help but think that Targaryens might be a really ga- great faction for him where he really likes to be maneuvering and positioning. Um, no, that was actually my first thought. I have several X-Wing players who've talked about getting into the game and I might be like, here's the Targaryens. I'm just going to put them in front of you. Yeah. And, you know, let you go a little bit crazy. Have fun. And then it's a lot of times like your traditional card players. When I hear Brett Lamphere talk about playing his uh, Tywin, like, just say no list um, with counterplots and all his cards, I can't help but think that Lannisters are a great faction to jump into if you are kind of coming from like a magic background or want to throw in wheeling and dealing those cards. Yes. You know, being able to rely on those cards and understand what you have in your hand is also, it's, it's a pretty powerful thing for the Lannisters. Yeah. So it all, it all really comes down to, like, what your gaming background is. And at the end of the day, you can learn anything. And anyone who tells you, oh, that's really hard, you shouldn't do that, can, you know, take a long walk off a short pier and go play what you want. Right. I think that's, a, you know, in the end, like, we can talk about this, like, what might be hard, what might be challenging. You got to have yeah. the grit to stick with it. But I think if you enjoy the theme of it, that makes doing that easier. Yes. And these guys are very thematic. I think They're what wonderful. I will probably do, I know you can run a 40 points right out of the box. Mm-hmm. I might, I wonder, you know, some storm crows or some other, some neutrals in there might be a cool uh, way to round things out. Although actually you just know, running around. You mentioned around. being worried about painting the horses. I'm more worried about painting skin. Oh yeah. There's a lot of exposed skin there. There's yeah. a lot of shirtless guys. There's a lot of shirtless guys. 
her. That's a. It's <laughs> true. They and it looks like some of the art on the cards. They've got some cool like war paint on. Right. We'll take some inspiration for that. I I ain't even gonna try. I'm not even gonna try. A lot of braided hair, dark hair. That's can also be sometimes challenging to paint. Definitely. Oh man. But man, I don't these know. Guys, they look fun. They do look fun, and uh, you know I'm excited. I'm just I can't stop thinking about packs, and I I really can't wait to try the Baratheon versus Targaryen sets they have there. And if anyone's yeah, going to packs and they see me, like, let's grab a game, let's test them out. Do it. Um, the other thing is with them being a good value right out of the box is they have been the first box that is getting raised to a hundred dollars. Uh, interesting. So I that mean, is it's still, the first. It's first thing I noticed when I went value. to go to the, the thing. Yeah, so I know my, we uh, joked about this like 20, what, like 20 miniatures or something in the box. Like it's the smallest number per any faction. But sure. the amount of plastic when you've got a mounted rider is a lot. It is. It and, is. And at the end of the day, like we're still one of the cheaper miniature games on the market. Right. The thing is, like, I just like, don't understand is like, how are they getting the sculpts are just getting so good. So I mean, good. not to hate on the older sculpts, but they, I just feel like there's more and more and more detail being put in. And I'm not used to seeing that out of like a single plastic mm. miniature. Um, have you gotten your hands actually on the Baratheon Sentinels? Yes. They have this beautiful cloak that comes off of their helmet. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> it's gorgeous. Like the models are just phenomenal anymore. And I, I can't wait to see these guys in person. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me most with the Baratheon is like I actually really like that like cream colored plastic they are. Yeah, and I was like, really oh, this is kind of pretty. <laughs> Baratheons are going to be a not Baratheon, sorry, the Targaryens are going to be like a purple. Yeah, I think that's a cool like the cars are cool. I like that color theme. Um, I'm color. not sure. I have this weird. I think it was like the San Diego Zoo I went to as a kid. They had these little like machines you could go to and like you could put a few you know quarters in or something and it would like print like make you like a, a cast of like some sort of plastic thing and i had like a plastic flamingo it made and it was this like gross purple color nice. and for some reason when i see the color of that plastic i'm just like Ugh, for some reason i'm not sure i want to see what the miniatures look up right i mean once you paint them paint them it's not a problem but like i'm not sure i'm a big fan of that like basic plastic purple it all started when chase was tormented by a plastic flamingo i, I mean that. that's a weird story but it's kind of true i don't know um, it works you know, so no, we'll see. It almost is the color of my Court of Gamers logo now that I'm like sitting here looking at it. That might be why I like it so much. Oh, well, there we go. It's like the same it's thing the color with like, the cards. It's it's weird how like the color of the miniatures though, the the plastic can like change the perspective of it. Like for the neutrals, yeah. a lot of times when I look at that brown color, the just miniatures don't look as vibrant. But then once you like prime it up and paint it, you can They're see great. all the detail again. And so it's like great. I think that's like the cream color on the Baratheons. I feel like it's so easy to see all the detail without priming it or anything. Yes. Um, but, you know, man, the, the Targaryens, these guys look so cool. I'm excited to get them on the table, and I just I just can't wait. I, I'm not looking forward to being across the table from them. I know. I feel like we might need to do an episode just on, like, how to survive your first encounter with a Dothraki horde. Maybe we can get Brett I mean, Lamphier and some of our experienced uh, com uh, competition guys on, and we can, we can brainstorm. Hide. Hide in a hide. corner. To hide in the corner. Run just away. Ta just table. Where's, where's uh, the X-wing rules about running off the table? I just like, oh, this is you guys. I just like everything goes backwards and just runs away. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Good game. Have fun. Just thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed myself. 
Sweet. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah. Rebel Lightworks, make sure you check out rebellightworks.com yeah. or if you're in the San Antonio area, head on over to the Court of Gamers. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>